Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Seamus. Good seeing everybody. I have my lovely wife up here with me for a few hi, minutes. Hi, hi. Just wanted to Come give on, you a man, quick... Come on, man, get a little, little more rowdy than that. Huh? Sorry, uh, I'm a little biased, you know. But... I don't know why I want to be on this side, but I want to be on this side. Okay, that's fine. You could be on my left side. Anyway, Your yay. right side, my left side. Wanted to give just a quick synopsis of... Synopsis. The Philippines and Everyone just some that. things that uh, we were able to witness that was extraordinary and uh we just witnessed like it's so cool because worship today was exactly what with identity and being sons and daughters is what we witnessed in the philippines with a group of people that learned their identity as sons and daughters and um it's taking so whedon is an amazing apostle for his nation um, if I could say that, I really, really, truly believe it. And I even believe for the world because we've listened to his heart and he has such a big picture mindset that it is mind boggling. It's like blows you away because he's like, I'm going to feed the world. And I believe he will. I believe, I believe that that's true. And <clears throat> so what they, what they, um, shared is that for year, 20 years, they've been building community with, um, with the churches in all of Philippines. And the minute they got their identity as sons and daughters, it was like they were like this, and then the Lord put new vision, new glasses on their eyes, and they saw their nation totally differently. So much that um, next to their um, headquarters. It's very, okay, you know, everyone knows that the Philippines is a third world country, so it's not anything like here. Okay, so <clears throat> there's very rich and there's very poor. So where his, um, where his headquarters are, it's in the middle of a very poor. And um, they started praying. They have pastors and intercessors in every business. He has a bazillion of businesses, and <laughs> not that many, but I, I don't even know what number that is, but it's really a lot. <clears throat> and um, so his intercessors started praying for the people that were around headquarters, and they started getting saved, and they started becoming intercessors within his companies, and um, he actually, okay, so he inherited motels. So in the Philippines, motels is not good. And so what he has done over the course of 20 years is shut them down and then cleaned house spiritually and um, physically, cleaned house, reopened as hotels. So motels is, is bad. It's, you know, like um, prostitutes and all that stuff. So closed that <clears throat> and reopened and... It's amazing. You get a scripture when you come in. There's, there's a house of prayer on every campus, and, and there's intercession. It's just like, it's way cool, way cool. So um, 
Anyway, there's this whole community of people that, you know, were making their houses out of cardboard and whatnot. So they went out there and they relocated everyone who wanted. You know, of course, there's some that say no. Um, But pretty much, probably 90% of the people that were living, like, in part of his property. I mean, he he owned the property. And um, so he moved them all to a shutdown motel that hadn't reopened yet, gave them housing, and he's going to build them right on that, in, you know, that property that he moved them off of. But he loved them, and he's talking to them about Jesus, well, everybody in the community, I mean, in his business. And, um, and he's going to build, like, sta- stable homes for them. So, well, like, high-rise or whatever. But um, anyway, so this is... One amazing thing that that he, his testimony is the minute I got saved, I knew I had to walk in righteousness. And he's like, he looks at me and goes, it's costly. He's like, it's very costly. Because what you could get away with before, you can no longer get away with. So lots of, you know, he's paying back what he inherited that wasn't paid for. And now he's like, it's costly. But see, the kingdom, like Greg said at the end, it's like it pays differently. There's dividends that we maybe don't know of physically here on earth. But um, so it's inside, outside, upside down kingdom, right? So um, it's just incredible what they're doing over there in the Philippines, and we are incredibly humbled to be a part of it. And um, just ask, I'm just like, Lord, give me new vision, new glasses to see so that I can be, you know, bring change in a little part, just a li- even a little piece. Of course, he has like, he has resources, you know, in, in the world that he can do these things, but that doesn't mean that we can't make a change, you know, with those that are around us. So, because um, I just believe that if it's in your heart that God's going to, he pays different. He's going to make it possible to come to pass. So, um, dare to believe, dare to dream, and uh, let's see change. And we're going to... Um, be hearing a lot about the Philippines, I believe, here in our first world country in the years to come. Amen, girl. Way to go. That was great. It's great. Um, yeah, so how do I not repeat what she said? Okay. Let's just say this. Let's just say this. I'll just I'll speak from the ministry standpoint. Um, and we have a couple pictures, but then I want to jump in the book of Ephesians in a few moments. Um, so what we, for those of you who don't know, we, we were invited to come to the Philippines in November, and we did, and um, we went to minister the ecclesia message, really, the context and content of the ex- ecclesia, as we're all pretty, pretty you know, accustomed here. If I, if I sound a little tired, it's because I am, and we got back on Wednesday, and then I had a day in the office, and I flew out to Washington on Friday... And I preached Friday night up at a bunch of house of prayer leaders. Then I flew back yesterday, and I'm here this morning. And I got up this morning at 
And so I've been up since 1.30 so the intercessors could pray for me. And uh, yes, thank you. And, but we'll have, a, we'll have a good time. We'll have a good time. All right. So uh, we were initially invited by, uh, by, uh, by Whedon. And uh, there's 130, like I said, 130 pastors from all over the nation. And uh, the Philippines is broken down into 81 provinces. A province would just be like a state in, in, our, in our country. So California, Oregon, Washington. We call them states here, but they call provinces there. And there's 81 total. There's 7,000 islands in the Philippines. There's 12 million people who live in Manila. So uh, when you go, have a driver pick you up and take you to your destination because you do not want to drive in Manila, all right? And I've never seen people drive so close and not get accidents. I mean, we're driving alongside. I'm saying, Wendy, I said, Wendy, see how close he is to that truck right there? Don't even look, hon. Don't look. All right. So for, we have friends here from the Philippines. You guys are part of our house. You know what I'm talking about. That's you. Say amen real loud because there will only be my four or five of you. But uh, you guys are from the Philippines. And so we had a chance to, chance to minister, had no idea what to expect, came into the, one of the hotels which he owns. And he, uh, he, actually, he actually invites them to come on their own means, but he'll take care of them when they're there. So, yeah, 130 uh, pastors and leaders that were all in the hotel, and we actually had the meeting in the hotel, but he took care of all the food, the lodging, all that for 130 pastors, which I thought was very generous and gracious uh, for him to do that and uh, for their team to do that. And so we met in the upper room uh, of the hotel, and what was amazing about it was that it was... It was uh, I was speaking on Ecclesia. I did, I did eight sessions about two years ago here. And so there have been people who have been listening to that. This is two years ago. It's like two years ago. I barely knew what I was talking about. And you guys were so gracious to me. You were amen in me and everything. And uh, so, so they've been, it's amazing because they said that they're listening to it all the time. They're listening to it when they go to sleep. They're listening to it when they wake up. They're listening to this message. And and it started in November when they raised their hand up and they said, the nation of Phil- the Philippine nation needs this message. And so uh, that's what brought us to January was for that, that, that kind of language. So we went and they were televising it. They were broadcasting it in 13 other locations, uh, simulcasting it in 13 other locations around the world, around their world. And, uh, and then they were recording it and... And so we just went for it. We went for it for, I don't know, four or five, four days. And there's, a, there's one picture. Let me just show. I, I know I put this on social media. Is it up there? Three, two, one. Wow, powerful, right? So there's, there's yours truly uh, in the middle behind all these, these cameras. They're filming, and they have the, you see the little laptop right there. And so we have 130 pastors and leaders, and we're talking about bishops. We're talk, when they, there's, there's rank and file in some of those places where guys have, been, uh, have prayer ministries for 20, 30 years in the Philippines. We're in that meeting, uh, which I did not know about. We had a, we had a gentleman from the, uh, who was the president of the, uh, the seminary, the, uh, the seminary there in Manila. It was there, so... We had some really cool uh, pastors and uh, leaders and influencers in the nation that were there, and they just uh, they just 
they not only listened to the message, they came and thanked me afterwards, and they said, our nation needs it. And I just was still humbled and saying, you know, praise God, or, you know, we're just going for it. And it's amazing what the Lord's doing with, uh, with what we've been go- working with together for the last two years. And so uh, the next picture, I think we preached in three locations. Uh, so this is, at a, this is at, uh, called Victory Church, and it's actually in a mall. And I had a, I had a picture of that last time I think I showed you. So it's a, it's a third story of the mall, and they have churches in malls. Now, I don't think we can put a church in our malls without code, and you know, I, don't think our, I don't think the city would allow it or the county or the United States. Uh, and so, but this is actually in a mall, and it's really interesting because it's on one side of the mall over here, and then over here, you can, you know, there's a food court, and over here on the other side of the third story is a movie theater. So you can go to church, right? That's what I said. You can go to church, you can have lunch after church, and then you can just go to a movie, and you never leave the you never leave the top floor of the mall, you know. So uh, here I was I was preaching Ecclesia and the Bride, and uh, made, just made a call. I just felt like the. I don't know, those, you know, you get the unction of the Spirit of God on you, and, and we just were going for it. We were just praying for these people. I was releasing an apostolic anointing in the room and, and just coming into agreement with heaven, and, and all these guys are, are leading congregations, and, and they're just so hungry for what God's doing. They're just receiving, and like when people are really hungry, they're worried. You're just, you just kind of rev up yourself, you know? And, uh, and so we just had a great meeting. But I just wanted to show that to you just to let you know about these pastors and leaders that are really hungry for what God wants to do in their nation. And then the last picture I wanted to show you was the guy on the right is, the, is a gentleman who's sponsoring all of this. And he's been working with, he must, I don't, I don't know how many businesses he has, but it's, he has a, yeah, he has a bazillion but I, I'm telling you, it's one of the most unique models I've ever seen in terms of they don't, have a, they don't have a business that has the kingdom. They look at it as it's the kingdom and our business fits in it. So they have managers who have intercessors connected to them, seers, prophetic people connected to them. And they also have, uh, they have a, wor- a prayer room in all their businesses uh, a house of prayer, literally, literally, in all their businesses. And so the third day when I was there, we went and spoke, and he had all his managers there. He had all of his workers there. And then he had it, he was being, like I said, it was video cast to other islands where he has hotels, and they were all, they were all viewing the Ecclesia message, and he has it going to all his managers and all his we're talking reception desk, people, you know. Everyone was assembled that day to listen to this Portuguese dude and his wife from the States uh, coming in and ministering. And so what we did is we were there for four days in Manila. Then we went to Palawan. I think I'm saying it right. Did I say, am I saying it right? Palawan? All right. So everyone just try it. Say Palawan. You guys say it. I think I called it before I left Palawan. And so when I got there, I'm like, I said something about Palawan. He's like, yeah, welcome to Palawan. And I said, man, I really jacked up my, you know. So um, 
so we went we went there and uh and when we went there away from Manila, all the people there in the hotel knew who I was. I didn't know they were all viewing the whole seminar. You know, so they so one gal says, "You look a lot bigger on video." I didn't know what she meant. You know, <laughs> I'm on a, a little uh, you know, I'm on a little weight plan issue thing going on, but I, I had no idea what she meant, like big video or am I just, you know. Anyway, I just hugged her. <clears throat> I just hugged her and blessed her, you know. Um, and so, um, and so the two, the, 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 anyway, I won't even, you guys can go ahead and turn that off because I don't want to spend too much time on this. But I do want to say that um, the response was overwhelming uh, to the message, not just the messenger. And when I was in uh, Washington just Friday night, you guys, it's the same response Everywhere we go. I, I don't know how else to, I don't know how, you know, because you just, you, you release it and then you let the Holy Spirit do what he does. Either the Holy Spirit's going to confirm the word or not, you know. And so when you release it, you know, there's no, there's no, uh, I'm not driving it hard. I'm not trying to convince people. We're just, rele- we're just releasing the word. And I'm telling you, the soil that it's landing on and the response from people is shocking. And I've said, you know, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've I, I said this to the Lord. I don't know if you've ever said this to the Lord. What are you doing? <laughs> now, we could do that in a negative context. Like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on here? Or you can look at this in a positive context. It's kind of like God's doing so much. You're trying to explore and find out and get the mind of the Lord on what is he doing. Um, and so, uh, so when we were there, it was that night, that day when we did the, um, you saw the Victory Church, I sat down and our brother came up, uh, Whedon came up and he talked about being sons and daughters and about how God's uniting pastors all over the nation. And he says, would you guys like to have Greg and Wendy come back for her, and he said, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what it was, blah, 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 whatever it was. And so I had a guy next to me who was a pastor. He's kind of more of the, the, on the leadership uh, part of that, of, of the 130 uh, pastors. And, you know, it's kind of like when he said it, he looked at me, he says, you know what that means? And I said, no, I don't know what that means. And he says, that means you're going to be coming to my church. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he says, I'll tell you later. Or, well, you'll find out later. So you guys just bear with me for one minute because this is, this is a really cool thing. Um, so so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and map this out for you as you guys stay with me really quick on this. So you have the nation of the Philippines. It's, it's long and narrow, right? And so what they do is they have these 81 provinces, but they've broken these 81 provinces down into seven regions, and in the seven regions, they have a northern, they have a central, and then they have a, a southern. So it's kind of like having California, northern California, the Bay Area, and then you have southern California. So that's kind of how they broke up the Philippines. And they call those clusters. So you have these 81 provinces, seven regions, three clusters. And so what they, what they want to do is they want to take the message and they want to start ministering. They call it, the, they use the word cascading. They want to start cascading the message into each of these clusters. 
So that, what that means is that you hit the, you hit the, the, the uh, I guess I'll say top leaders, you hit the top leaders and the response from what God is saying, and then which, what they want to do is they want to bring it now more to the local level. So the invitation is, is that, Greg and Wendy, can you come and now begin to, begin to cascade the message to the local level in each of these clusters, which is a total of seven regions? So I go, what, well, what does that, what does that, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, you won't be here back next week. You know, that's not going to happen. But we want you, we want you to come back. And so there'll be, there'll be over a thousand people in each landing that we do. So there's three landings in each cluster. So, so they want us to go, they want us to, they're inviting us to come up to the Northern cluster and you do, we do four hours on one day, four hours on another day. And then, uh, then they do something, we rest and travel and we go to the next landing. We go, I go four hours, Ecclesia, four hours, Ecclesia the next day, they can't come up, we rest, and we go to the next landing. And we do four hours at Ecclesia one day, four hours at Ecclesia another day, we rest, and then we travel back, and then we travel home. And they say, Greg, it would be great if we just did all three in a year, like all three clusters this year. I'm like, come on, man, you know? I mean, so, so what they're wanting to do is they're actually wanting to bring Ecclesia to the nation. And here's the cool thing. They have the infrastructure to do it. They have the unity. They have the infrastructure. They have the, the amen from the 130 that were there. And this is, this is what the Lord's doing. Only the Lord could do this in terms of bringing this in. And so let me just kind of share... Because I'm a linear thinker, I'm a strategic thinker, so I don't want to lose my non-linear thinkers, non-strategic thinkers in the room. But what I'm trying to, so what they do is they, the foundation is sons and daughters. The, the, the bottom half is the promised land, which we would call heaven on earth. The missing piece is ecclesia because they're learning how to govern in the spirit. They're learning how to legislate in the spirit. And so are we. So are we. And so they're wanting to, they're, instead of, because a lot of the pastors are, are like a lot of the pastors in the States, and that is, please come to my church. Like, I will connect with you, but I want you to come to our, my church. And Ecclesia is about governing outside the walls, right? So... So Ecclesia is not so much about attendance, it's about influence. So the measure of success for so many pastors that we've been taught for so many years and for church members and church attenders is that the measure of your success is how many people are here on a Sunday morning. So if you have a packed house, you're successful. If you don't have a packed house, what's wrong? Because that's become, that's become our measure. And so... We have, to, we have to shift gears and move away from measuring our success by attendance. Though people count, that's not the primary measuring stick in terms of the kingdom of God. The measuring stick, I think, for the kingdom is influence. How much, is, how much are our cities looking like heaven? 
how much, how much is the Bay Area looking like heaven? Not how many people are coming to our churches. It's how much the cities are looking like heaven, right? So that's the measurement. And so, because the reason why I know that is that we have, we have the biggest churches in, in cities across our country, and they, have this, there's, and they have little influence in the city. And so what, we've, what we're trying to move through as, as Ecclesia is we're trying to govern, you know, have community here, but govern outside the walls. In other words, I like to just think of it this way. It's like pushing the walls of your building around the city limits. All right, or around the Bay Area, to stretch your imagination a little further and start thinking, thinking citywide because I think God thinks about cities. Are you guys there? And so, and so we've had a chance in the last six months to test. The, the Lord, I'll just say this. The Lord has opened up the door for us to test drive, that, like to release the message. I'm not calling people up. I'm not... I'm not I'm not soliciting anything. I'm not, that's just not how I roll. I don't like doing that. If you guys know me well, I don't like doing that. And so, so when these invitations are coming and there's that kind of receptivity, there's a hunger in the land. There's a hunger with our pastors. There's a hunger with church people. And so, church people, you know, you know what I'm saying. So, so it's, so it's kind of like, you know, we have, we have pastors who are like, we need, to, we need to govern outside the walls, and they're trying to spin all the plates and make all the programs work, and we have people in our churches who are like, is this all there is? Really? Just come to, come to a meeting and then leave? There has to be more than that. And I want to encourage you that there is. There is more than that, and that's what we're going after together. And so, and so it's kind of just turned the corners a little bit, and that is when we start talking about ecclesia in the home, it's actually taking the ecclesia outside the walls of the building and actually plant them, plant them in Hayward, South Bay, Peninsula, and now we wanna we wanna we wanna begin to equip and release the ecclesia into these neighborhoods. And we have a hundred homes who have committed to be ecclesias and I would love for them to now begin to infiltrate regions, right, to, to not only bring care, but also to make some declarations over the region, that their region would come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you guys don't get excited right now, come on now. I mean, we can believe the Lord for that. I know I'm tired and I'm pushing right now, but I feel like there's some wind on that. And <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to tell myself, Craig, there's wind on that. All right, get excited, you know, about that. And so this is, this is really what the, Lord, the Lord's doing, you guys. And, it, and it's, so, it's so amazing because we're all part of what God's doing. I have no idea where it's going. I didn't know. I thought maybe, you know, we would go to the Philippines, we'd minister, and it'd be, it'd be powerful. I'm praying it'd be powerful. Praying it would like really touch the hearts of these are these are pastors, seasoned pastors and leaders that we're talking to. And we feel like that would be really powerful. Had no idea, no idea that they would invite us to come back and hit the northern part of the Philippines and thousands and thousands of people. And and to me, that's just that's just that's that's God saying amen to the message, right? 
That's what he's saying. As much as I, as you know, um, when Jesus says, I'll build my ecclesia, that's not a multiple choice for us. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not like, well, do we do church or do we ecclesia? There's, there's, when Jesus says it and he commissions us to do it, there's no multiple choice. It's like, this is what we're supposed to do. And so we have to fall in line and get revelation on what that looks like. Because I don't want to be doing something he's not anointing. Right? I don't want to be doing something that he's not engaged in, that he didn't commission me to. He didn't commission us to. We have to get to the place where this is what he said. And here's what I know based on my experience. I'm hoping based on your experience as well, is that when you get online with what God's doing, then everything inside of you comes alive. Right? So what, I, what I'm finding out is that as we minister this message, the, the DNA, their, their spiritual DNA is unlocked. Well, how do you know that? Well, because I've heard for many, many years that the people that are the, your best evangelists are those who just get saved. Why is that? Why isn't the person who's been born again for 20 years more of, a, of an evangelist in terms of reaching people for Jesus than the person who just got saved. And I have this growing conviction that what we do, now love me through this, say amen after I say it, I'll just want, just, even if you don't want to. What, I, what, I'm, what I'm coming to this, this place is that we actually institutionalize the, that new believer in our churches. And then we create a distance to the loss with the, that new believer. And so the new believer is, is who's red hot for God. And I, how many of you, when you got saved, you got saved? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you got, like, saved. I mean, everything changed. When you found Jesus, everything changed. And you couldn't, you couldn't wait to tell people. Why? Because your life was marked. Your life was changed. You had an encounter with the living God that, that radically ch- shaped and changed you. You weren't conforming to anything. You were being transformed from the inside out. It wasn't a rule book flying at you to start. Now you need to, now you need to like perform and come under the rule book. No, there was transformation. It was from the inside out. That's what it is with Jesus, right? He changes us from the inside out. Oh, if we don't get an amen really fast here, I don't know what I'm talking about. So we want to we want to release that 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 DNA. And so when we when we when we minister this message, I'm telling you, there's this something that's unlocking. There's this DNA that I feel like has been trapped or bottled, and they come under the message that they're just like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so this is kind of what we've been experiencing over the last. The last, as the Lord has allowed us to go, and you know, I don't know where that what all means. I mean, I would love to bring teams. I would. I don't know. I don't know where it's all going right now. It's so new. We're on this. We're on this journey with this message, right? So Friday night, I take this flight to Washington. Right now, now I move from the Philippines, another nation of the world, and I'm bringing the same message up to Washington. And I'm bringing the message. We have 
pastors and leaders and 130, all this, da 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 right? And now I'm going to strictly house of prayer people, right? Harp and bowl, worship with the word, you know, all that devote, you know, devos, the whole thing, right? Four guys, three or four guys, and they call it the Pacific Northwest Prayer Gathering. Leaders, did I say leaders? Oh, guys, yeah, leaders, okay. Say grace, we're just praying for PG, grace. Okay, so, yeah, so these guys are coming together, right? Same message, different crowd. Same result. So, so, so what's going on? So, what's happening is that that, you know, of course, you know, I'm not the only one who's ministering this. I mean, God's going to, that's how revelation is. It's passed to everybody, right? So Dutch Sheets is preaching it, and, you know, so many different people are ministering it. Books are being written on it. And I'm just letting you guys know this is, this is part of what God's doing. This is what I'm trying to communicate to you. And I'm, 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 I'm older than most of you, but younger than some. So all I know, as I scan the room, <laughs> older than most, younger than some, and I don't want to waste my time with what he's not doing. I don't have time. I don't have time to waste my time on what he's not anointing and what he's not doing. What I want to do is I want to be in a place where I know that this is what God is saying, this is what he's doing. Ecclesia doesn't change because it's what Jesus said. Ecclesia is not a, it's not a program. It's, a, it's part of our functional identity. We don't do something to become something. We are something, so we do it. Does that make sense? So what I, what I try and tell people and what I'm trying to learn, because I got so much, forgive me, but I have so much churchiness in me because I've been 32 years full-time ministry. I'm finding myself falling into ruts that I've just, I've been, I've been culturized in. So the Holy Spirit is having to rewire me a little bit. And I'm open to the rewiring process, you know? And so you know how the Holy Spirit just speaks to you and you say, you know, he, he just speaks to us and says, that's not right. That's not right. That's why I, I want to do this. I don't want to, you know, he's having to do that. And I just keep falling into the same pattern sometimes. You know, but I just want to encourage us that, that the messaging is not a program. Because if it's just a program, then it's going to be a good series of teaching. We'll do a few things, a ministry, and then it's on to something else. Right? So this is, this is about our functional identity. This is about who we are. This is what he said. And when we come in line with what he said, he gives us the grace to do. That's how the kingdom works. So he's given us a grace to do based on what he said, and we fall in line with what he said, he empowers us, gives us revelation, we actually become a force in our city. We actually destroy the works of darkness. Right? That makes sense? And so, and so this is what, this is what the, we feel like the Lord is really breathing on, and we get to do it together. And I know I did this about a month ago. I was like, Five weeks ago, six weeks ago. I don't, can't remember. Can't remember how long ago. I told you guys up here, and I, it was, I had a liberating moment, you know. 
and I, I just said to you guys, I said, you guys, come now and be an informal. Uh, you know, I said to you guys, really don't know what we're doing right now. You know, if someone were to say, well, what's your mission statement, you know, because some pastors do that. Well, hey, what's your mission statement? I'll just say we are what we're becoming. That's it. Well, you could be a little bit more profound. No. That's about it right now. So what does that mean? I don't know. I just know that when you're walking with God sometimes, he is one step, he's way, the, well, he's more than one step ahead of us. That's what it feels like. It feels like, you know, we're trying to catch up with what he's doing. But I do believe this. I'll say this prophetically. I do believe there's a new wineskin forming. But it doesn't mean we disregard the old. It just means that there's more. And there's a more that's happening. And we have to be, we have to be sensitive to the spirit. We have to be listening. We have to talk to people who have wisdom. We have to discern what God's saying and doing. But he takes us from glory to glory. That's the measure. So we're in one glory, and he's moving us into another level of glory. And it's really the culmination of, I think, it's the culmination. It's the, it's the collision, if I can use that word, of, that's probably just too strong of a word. But it's, it is, all those things, all those words I just said, coming together into something. And I think it's what, the, I feel like what the Lord is saying, he, he who has eyes and let him see and ears, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying. To, not to the church. He didn't, it's, not, it's not the church. It's the ecclesia. That's what he said it, you know. And so I just want to encourage you. And let me just close with this five-minute devotional. You guys all right? <laughs> all right. So I, I, was, I, was, I was coming to uh, the building today. And... Um, came in my office, is talking to the Lord about today, and he dropped Ephesians in my heart. And it's like, that, that was a, a message that I, I ministered to several, like the Lord gave this, it was a word for me, and I just released it to y'all. And uh, I just said, you all, I didn't say y'all, all right? Just want to let you know, I'm born and raised in the Bay Area, not Texas. So, uh, yeah, I know. So, I, um, so I was... I was reminded of Ephesians, and, and the book of Ephesians, there's not, there's not one rebuke in that letter. And it's really to the ecclesia in Ephesus. It's the ecclesia in Ephesus. So what do you say to an ecclesia that's in full-blown revival? And so, if you look at the book of, of Ephesians, you will see that, you know, Acts 19 is a huge picture of, of what took place in Ephesus. People were filled with the Spirit. People were born again. The power of God was so prevalent and so powerful that even the clothing that Paul wore, people would cut and they would take it to sick people and they'd be healed. Like what was going on in Ephesus was probably the, the epitome of signs and wonders that we see in the New Testament. 
outside of Jesus himself. Where we have, we have clothing that's being laid on, on people and they're healed. We see in Acts 19, there's a false ecclesia that rises up. It's called an assembly in scripture. And they had to shut it down because Ephesus was, the, was called the seventh wonder of the world. And that's where uh, the goddess Diana was worshipped. And they believed that her throne fell from the sky. And they made it as a monument. And businessmen went ahead and took advantage of that situation and began to make idols. And so many people were giving their hearts to Jesus that they were losing their business because idols weren't being sold. And so, he, so, so Demetrius, who's the, I think the guy, the businessman, stirred up a false uh, rally against these two guys. I can't remember the names in the New Testament. Anyway, and so they had to shut down the meeting because it was, they were shouting for two hours, long live Diana, the goddess, long live, you know, long live, long, long live. And the scripture says it's really funny because the scripture says they were yelling and screaming, but they had no idea what they were screaming about. Half of them, they, just, they were just yelling, bah, two hours. And so shut it down. And so that was all Ephesus, right? So Paul visits Ephesus about 52 AD. He leaves about 55 AD, he spends about three years there, plants an ecclesia. About 60 AD, he's, uh, he's under Roman imprisonment, house arrest, and he writes a letter to, to, the, to the ecclesia in Ephesus. And so he writes the letter and he lays out two, there's two predominant prayers that we, do, we pray in our prayer room. It's Ephesians chapter one, namely 16 through 19, in Ephesians chapter 3. Those are all what we call apostolic prayers. And there's two great prayers in the book of, of, of Ephesians, and no rebuke, two great prayers that are actually something we have to keep in mind as an ecclesia that moves in revival. If you look in, if you look in Ephesians chapter, uh, Revelation chapter 2, there's a rebuke that comes from uh, the revelation that John receives to the ecclesia in Ephesus. And the rebuke was simply this, you lost your first love. So if you put revelation at 95 AD, let's just say, let's just put it there because different people have different places where they put the book of Revelation. But if you put it up at 95 AD, that's 43 years after, 43 to 45 years after Paul's visit. So he's there 52 to 55 AD. He writes the letter to Ephesians in 60 AD. And in 95 AD, there's a rebuke to that ecclesia in Ephesus. And so you have... You have a city that's in revival. Whatever we, those are the things we pray for, right? God to move, power of God, people getting saved. If you even look in, the, in Acts 19, they burned uh, all these occultic books, right? It was, a, it was, it was like 500 or 50, dro- I can't remember what the, the currency was, except to say it was 131 days of wages. If you equate that, that'd be millions and millions of dollars they threw these books into the roadways in the city and burned them, all these occultic books. Folks, that's transformation. Right. 
in a city. And the Lord spoke, you know, and I was just coming here, and I, and sometimes the Lord comes to you and gently, sometimes he comes to me as, you know, a little bit of a rebuke, or, you know, he comes to me as a reminder. This one was a reminder. And it was a reminder of, of they went from revival to a place where they're rebuked because they ignored the two great prayers in the letter. The first prayer, Ephesians chapter 1, is that you would know God and continue to know him. Ephesians chapter 3 is that they would be strengthened in Christ. In other words, what do you write to a church or to an ecclesia that's in revival? Go deeper in God's love. That's what you write. What do you say to, a, to an ecclesia that's transforming cities? No, know God more. I don't have time to read the prayers. You can read them. You know, let me see what, let me see what my little note here says here. Wisdom, revelation, that you'll know him better. The second great prayer was be, to be strengthened so that Christ may dwell in their hearts, to be rooted and established in, love, in the love of Christ. In other words, if we're going to see transformation, we got to go deeper. And the temptation is, is that when transformation hits, revival hits our cities, revival hits our workplaces, is to get busy doing ministry, which has to happen. But at the same time, we can't neglect two great commands that we see to the ecclesia in Ephesus. So if, I don't know, I haven't researched beyond 95 AD, what happened to Ephesus? I don't know. Like in the next 15, 20, 30 years, I don't know. But they could have lost a generation. In other words, revival didn't go to the second generation. It stopped at the first generation. What's the point? The point is, is that you got to keep your heart alive and going deep in God at the same time as you're ministering out for signs and wonders. My, my concern would be that as we move toward revival and transformation and seeing our cities reached, especially for our local pastors, is they feel like they have to do more outreaches in order to become something. You don't have to do a program to become something. You are the ecclesia, but make sure at the same time as you're moving out that you're going deep. And that's the lesson in Ephesians. That's one of the lessons in Ephesians. Transformation is amazing, but first, the first commandment is the first commandment. And that is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. To find your place in God somewhere whether it's in your car, whether it's up early in the morning like me, 1.30. Don't ever do that. That's just transition time for me. But, but whatever that is, that you, you have to keep sending your roots deep. And I, have, I don't know what God has for us in the future in the sense of how he's going to do things. I know that we're on the right course. I know this is the right direction for us. But... If we just, if, if we start seeing people getting saved left and right, right, left, power of God's coming, you know, all that kind of stuff, cool stuff taking place, and not just, not just, I'm talking about the, the Bay Area. Like, let's say our, let's just say our regional ecclesia is beginning taking off. I just want to, I just want to encourage you guys that we have to keep, we have to keep sending our roots deep in the Lord. 
That means spending time. That means if you want to come to the prayer room, you come to the prayer room. You soak. You get in the presence of God. Whether you have, you come here or whether you have your own space in your house, you do it. You get some worship music on. You, you just you find that place where you go down deep. You send your roots roots deep in God, so that you can actually have the strength to sustain what He's going to do. Does that make sense? The great temptation is that we actually. We actually do ministry and we assume intimacy. And that's the great danger. The great danger is that we assume our walk with God is going deep and we're busy doing ministry. And it's never one or the other, it's both and. That's what Jesus did. He only did what he saw his father do. He was connected vertically as he ministered out horizontally. Yeah? Does that make sense? That's my five-minute devotional. My, well, ten minutes, sorry. All right, so let's stand together. I'll be much more vibrant next week. I promise. I promise. All right, let's take the hand of the person next to you. I like to do. If you're single, don't interlock the hands. New couples were formed at altar calls. Oh, my gosh. That just made people uncomfortable. I'm sorry. I'm I'm really sorry. Um, Man, I I love the journey we're on. Um, I love not having all the answers. I'm a little uncomfortable with that because sometimes I feel like I have to perform a little bit, have the answers. But I I do feel like I, I... I'm at the point in my life where I feel like I don't have all the answers and I'm really, really glad. I, I'm really, first of all, I'm really glad I don't and I'll never have all the answers, but I think you know what I'm saying, the heart to like have all the solutions. It's just like we're on this journey with the Lord and we just want to be right right with where he's, he's pointing us. And here's what I do know is that when you don't have all the answers, it does create a good tension. It's not tension with one another. It's our tension with our relationship with the Lord. It keeps, us in, it keeps us in relationship with the Lord. Like, what are you doing, you know? I don't ever want to grow so comfortable that it's just everything's automatic. Do you not, that make sense? I want, my, I want the adventure to be in God. I mean, he's new every morning, right? I mean, there's new adventures. So let's just take a moment and let's just pray for the person on our left since we're holding hands, right? And, on our right, and we're just going to pray a simple prayer. And that is, that is, Lord, give them the more. Give them the more that's in the cry of their hearts right now. Just, just pray for more. Just pray for more the, with the person you left. More of God, to go deep in God, to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, to know Him more, and then to express His love to our communities and to the people that we work around and work with. So, Lord, we're just asking you for a measure of increase, God, for all of us in this room. Lord, we don't want to be pursuing, let's say, transformation or revival or whatever we, we deem it without going deep, without sending our roots deep. Lord, may we, may we be cognizant, may we be mindful, may we be steadfast in this, this depth and this relationship with you, God. 
I pray, Lord, that we would send our roots, that we'd experience the love of God, that we would know him, not, not know from our, just our, uh, uh, a knowledge base, but God, know through experience that we're experiencing you on a daily basis, Lord. And we just pray for miracles. We pray that you would surprise us this week, Lord God, with these divine encounters, with people who don't know Jesus in our cities that we come from, the places where we work. God, the harvest is truly white. It's ready to be received. And I believe we have turned a new chapter in the Bay Area. I believe that people are ready to receive Jesus. If Google can open up their building for 12 hours of worship, if, uh, the, if the president or the founder of Facebook doesn't, doesn't, doesn't mind people prayer walking in their building, we've reached a new day. We've reached a new day in the kingdom of God. So Lord, so Lord, we just we just take all the all the things that all the things that we've learned in the past, all the things, all the apprehension, all the thoughts that you know the Bay Area is too hard to reach, and all this. Lord, you're doing something amazing in our midst. You're doing something amazing in our midst. If God's people would just step out in faith and be bold, step out and share their, their hearts with others, share the love of God with others, I believe we'll see amazing results. And I wanna say, Lord, let it start with me. Let it start with my family. Let it start with our staff, Lord God, that we would go out and we would minister, we would see people saved, healed, and delivered. Lord, I pray for an amazing kingdom week. Lord God, not just for souls, but I'm, I'm talking for entrepreneurs and businesses and business owners and all that, Lord. Let the kingdom of God come and let the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven, in this region as it is in heaven. Lord, we just want to see more heaven in the Bay Area. We want to see more heaven in our, in our neighborhoods. And if we don't want to see it, we're asking you, God, that you would give us a heart to see it. And Lord, I pray that you would give us greater revelation of what you said in Matthew 16, 18. Give us greater revelation of what this means to be the ecclesia. God, we don't want to be doing church. We want to be the ecclesia. Teach us, Holy Spirit, what that looks like. I believe the Lord is giving revelation to people in the room right now that you're actually going to be a huge help for us in terms of how to walk out the ecclesia. Lord, we just break down the barrier between the pulpit and the pew. And though we're supposed to hear from you as pastors and leaders, and we, I believe we do, there are so much resources, so many men and women of God that are in this room, that are praying, that are seeking. God, I pray that they would just have boldness and they would just have these plans, these things that would come out that would just arise. And Lord, that we partner together as a family. And so I just released this, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't know if there is a family anointing, but I'm just going to release it over you. This, that we're all family. We're all walking this thing out. And you guys have your own well, you know. You have your own, your own encounter and your own experience with God. You have, you have your own, yeah, experience in the Lord that you can bring to the table. So God, we just pray. We're excited about what you're doing. We're excited about what you're, what you're releasing. And Lord, we just want to be on that page. Lord, let not the revival of the previous years be the enemy of what you want to do now. Lord, may we not be stuck in old paradigms, but God, we want to step into the fullness of what you're doing, Lord. And you are taking your bride, you are taking us from glory to glory. 
And we just receive that, Lord. We receive that for ourselves, for our house, for our region. And we give you praise, Lord. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Yeah, you guys all said amen? Amen. I'll give a high five to the person next to you. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.